She hurt you under those circumstances. You don't want things to work. You don't want to take no chances. What you gotta understand is the all that I'm still here. I need a love to hate to hate. From Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are you guys doing on this thriving Thursday? I hope that your day is going accordingly to your plans. God's plan for you. God is good. He continues to bless me. Blesses my family. And I've made a whole day of holding my mule. Meaning, biting my tongue. <laughs> um, so I thank God for the good, the bad, and the ugly. The things I can change and the things that I can't. Constantly praying for him to give me the strength to let go of the things that I have no control over. Because sometimes, as a human, it's hard. I'm late today posting. Actually, I did a lot of recording, but I just didn't publish them. Um, yeah, I didn't publish them. <sighs> so, I wanted to talk about the Austin bomber. And I have a problem with the way the media is covering him. Let me be very clear. I didn't know any of those victims. They're not in my family. I don't live in Texas. But that suspect that blew himself up is not a victim. And y'all, the media, and everybody else that wants to downplay what he done needs to stop covering him like he is he's not a victim now what we are very clear on is on Wednesday the man that was suspected of planting bombs around Austin Texas which killed two black men a 39 year old Anthony Stephen House and 17 year old Draylon Mason and injured several others. He died in a standoff with police, detonating an explosive in his vehicle. We learned that authorities identified the suspect as 23-year-old Mark Anthony Cannett, or Cadet, or Cadet, I don't know what the hell his last name is, so I'm just gonna say Mark Anthony Connett. That's what I'm gonna say. Which is a white man that was described as an unemployed college dropout. Other reports detailed how he expressed conservatives' opinions online about same-sex marriage and abortion and his thoughts about why the sex offender registry should be abolished. Details even was emerged about Cannon with police suggesting that the bombing could have been racially motivated as they seemed to target permanent, prominent, excuse me, black families. Despite the fact that Cannon had been terrorizing the people of Austin for three weeks, three weeks, 
leaving communities of color in particular on edge. The New York Times published a story describing him as a nerdy young man who came from a godly family. And I'm going to read it to you. Just that little piece. The Austin Barman suspect was a quiet, nerdy young man who came from a tight-knit, godly family. Donna Sebastian Harp, who had known the family for nearly 18 years. This is what the New York Times published. He was always kind of quiet. One woman quoted by the Times. He was a nerd, always reading, devouring books and computers and things like that. And it offended some people. And some people took to Twitter and they had some things to say. One person in particular, his, his username was Black Lives Matter. He replied to that article and he's, his words were, Our graveyards are filled with unrealized potential. This violence and hate must stop. Say his name, Draylon Mason, we will not forget you. It's time to protect our communities from hate. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. The next user was Space Force Captain Tiffany. And she said, this is my friend, Anthony Stephen House. He was killed by the first bomb on March 2nd. A beautiful soul whose life was ended too soon. Photos that I have is provided and credited to his brother, Noel Wayne Wood. Then they had pictures of the different, the victims. And then also, Black Lives Matter came back again and said Draylon Mason was a 17-year-old musician who was tragically killed this week from a package bomb on his doorstep in Austin, Texas. Rest in peace, Draylon. Going back to the Times. Another person quoted by the paper said he didn't know Kenneth personally, only knowing that he was nice young kid. But you didn't know him personally. So how the fuck you know he was nice? Kenneth, who murdered two men and very well could have killed many more, was given a sympathetic profile by the Times. Something that rightfully angered many social medias, including myself. But everybody know that this is not unusual narrative from, from the Times or any media outlet outlet to take. We, we know this. This always happened. But it didn't stop there. After it was revealed that Candy left behind a 25-minute confession video, Austin interim police chief, and yeah, I said that wrong, but I'm not even going back to correct it, Brian Manley said at a press conference Wednesday, it is the outcry of a very challenged young man talking about challenges in his life that led him to this point. I know everybody is interested in a motive and understanding why, and we're never going to be able to put a rationale behind the acts. Mainly went on to say that Kenneth didn't mention anything about terrorism or hate in his confession. But that shouldn't matter. It shouldn't even fucking matter if he 
said it in his confession or not. Now, I don't think there's nothing wrong with law enforcement officials showing empathy for a suspect who may have had troubles. However, that same freaking empathy is not usually granted to suspects or even victims of color. Because I know you guys remember how the Times referred to Michael Brown, who was unarmed when he was killed by a police officer in Ferguson, Missouri, as no angel, right? Or how the people painted Trayvon Martin as a delinquent drug user. People took offense to the Austin police chief referring to the serial bomber as a challenged young man. Someone also went on to say murdering multiple people and being called challenged is the height of white privilege. I would have to agree. Cannon committed a horrific crime, killing House, who was a father of a young daughter. He was a successful professor. A graduate of Texas State University and Mason, a college-bound talent, talented musician. So I guess my frustration, I guess the question is, why is the media so eager to paint him as a victim? Because according to Jason Sava, which I say is Silva, but somebody else told me it was Sava, so whatever, a professor at John Jay College of Criminal Justice with research specializing in media and crime, there's a clear difference in how the media covers crimes when it comes to race. He went in to say, in general media and crime research, white victims receive more coverage, especially if the perpetrator is black. However, black-on-black crime is considered normalized within the public social construction of criminality and thus receive less coverage. He also said a perfect example is the Central Park Five whom Donald Trump suggested we sentence to death. Numerous other women were raped in New York City that night. However, none of them received much, if any, coverage. And this is because black perpetrators I am sure you are aware they were completely innocent and white female victim provided an excellent case for newsworthiness. The media bias is apparent in cases of domestic and foreign terror too. Though Kennett was using explosive and bombs to carry out murder, the White House and law enforcement officials have not labeled him as a terrorist, a title rarely, rarely describes a white suspect of murder. Now, the word terrorism does have a criminal definition, but we know that. Its social and political meaning is less clear-cut. It leaves a lot of people wondering why is it that it's only used when the suspect is a Muslim. Now, in general research, 
they find that far-right terrorism incidents receive less coverage than jihadist-inspired incidents, despite being more common. That's what civil says. In addition to this, the framing of white terrorism suspect is more sympathetic than that of our Arab descent. Someone took offense, more so on details of what the Times actually put in that headline. And this woman said, Anderson, something Anderson, the New York Times white serial bomber who targeted black people was quiet, nerdy from a good family, loved books, and his motive is still unclear. Also, the New York Times, a Muslim terrorist did a good thing once in his life. How is that even possible? So I guess my question is, how do we reverse the course? Because... From my opinion, it starts with the reporters. It's the reporter's job to do everybody fair when asking questions. To be thorough when it comes to victims and victim families that are still here having to pick up the pieces from somebody murdering their loved ones. When they decide who to interview, when they decide what quotes are worth running, like the Times ran a quote from someone who stated they didn't even know the man, but that he was nice. I just wonder, did the reporter even push back on, on even saying that, even using that interview. Like why did they find that quote. That particular quote. Worthy of using. It's just. We. It's important. For us. To confront. Our very own. Implicit bias. It. it so when it comes to. Whether or not it's just about black people being targeted or if it's white people being targeted, I don't care who it was. It doesn't matter when it comes to race. The bottom line is this wasn't about white people being fucking targeted. This wasn't about black people killing these people. It wasn't about a black man blowing himself up. It seems difficult for a reporter to address long-held bias and socially constructive views of crime. However, they can choose who to interview and what is worthy of reporting. They have that right. They can decide what they want to write about, what quote they want to use. 
Why am I going to choose this one over that one? And if this is about a suspect that blew himself up, that were terrorizing people, that killed two people and injured other people, I'm not trying to pacify your fucking family's feelings. I'm not trying to keep your family from being embarrassed. You have people that would never understand why their loved ones were targeted. You have a child who came outside and found her dad blew to pieces. That's going to be in that child's head for the rest of her life. And you want to paint a picture like he's a fucking victim? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It angers me. Of how little people think of my race. And it hurts me when my own race hurts one another, attacks one another, turn on one another cross one another and even have the audacity to laugh and joke and call their own race the n-word we're white people and so when I saw that headline I got so pissed off and I said you mean to tell me nobody's talking about this on twitter why my Twitter feed ain't going off? Why I'm not getting no Twitter alerts back and forth with this? And I go on the Twitter, and yeah, people are very pissed off about it. But I think those other races that saw that headline, that read that article, and also took offense. Thank you. It should be more people like you, but unfortunately, it's not. But thank you. We somebody too. And as much as y'all don't want our lives to matter, our lives matter. And all these people that took offense to the hashtag Black Lives Matter, this is why the fuck Black Lives Matter was even a fucking hashtag. Because the disregard and the disrespect that's displayed towards our race.
is the reason because you make us feel like in your eyesight, we do not matter. And not to take the attention off the bombers, there was a guy that was murdered in his grandfather's backyard by a police officer, shot 20 fucking times. Because supposedly they got a call that somebody was breaking into cars, busting windows. They saw him coming from the back of his grandfather's house, told him to put his hands up before they even gave this person a chance to even put his hands up. They opened fire and shot him 20 times. 20 times. The media said he had a, a, a sludge hammer, a jackhammer, or something like that, coming towards the police, which I learned today that wasn't even fucking true. He had a cell phone. A cell phone. And also in that transaction after they killed him, their cameras go mute. You can hear the police telling them, one of the officers telling them to mute the cameras. They mute the cameras. They walk off and they talk to another person. And then probably about five or ten minutes later, maybe ten minutes later, they come back in talking. The sheriff said there's different reasons why their mic would have went dead and they had to mute it. But never gave the family one reason. The family was able to watch the footage of their family member being gunned down. Which at that point is when they realized it just the, the the mic just go mute and they're asking why is that legal can they do that and at that point the sheriffs tell them there are different reasons why officers possibly muted their mic and yes it's legal that's basically what he told the family 23 years old My thing is, you shot him 20 times. Did you actually want to bring him in for questioning? Did y'all even consider, let me, let us take him in and ask him questions? Like, was that even a thought? Was that even your plan? But let me, let me get this right. Y'all fired a black officer. Really, he's not really black all the way. He's like Muslim and black. For shooting uh, an Australian woman that came up beside their car while they were sitting in a car and startled them. And the officer, not well, the, the, his partner was outside the car. And his officer made a, a noise. And at that time, the other officer that was in the vehicle shot the woman in her stomach and killed her. Her family was outraged. They were pissed. They were this, 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 this. So they put the guy on leave of absence and then they fired him Tuesday. They're taking him to court for 
uh, negligent homicide without the intent to kill and, and some other charges to give the jury options is what the report said. And that was just one, one, one fire. He fired one time and happened to kill her. Now, I'm not saying that woman's death is not important and she doesn't matter to her family. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, what about all these black lives that have been lost by police officers that people didn't even give two shits about? They had family, too. They matter, too. Oh, but their skin is just a little bit too dark, right? And I know I'm going to offend some people. And I know some people that I work with might hear this and they're going to get offended. I don't care. Because when is enough is enough? When? Like, when do it stop? Seriously, when does it stop? And, and the people of the other races, you might want to be wondering the same goddamn thing. Because when they get tired of killing the black folks and the Hispanics, who the fuck you think they coming at next? Who you think they next target going to be? I just, I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. And at this point in this country, I don't even know what e what even to, to look for or expect or ask anymore because this is all you keep getting. And I have police officers in my family, but I don't trust them. I don't trust them. So what do you do when you can't even trust your own police officers that's supposed to serve and protect you? You don't even want them to even pull you over at night because you don't even know if you're going to get home. So what do you do? Keep praying for better days and keep your fingers crossed that you don't run across a bad police officer because my, my thing is not that all police officers are bad. But just the fact that you got some bad ones out there makes it hard for me to trust them. Period. What do you do? My heart goes out to those families that's going through all that they're going through, I would never want to have to deal with the pain and the anguish and the resentment and the frustration that you're probably going through. But I just pray that you guys find some kind of peace to be able to coexist in this cold world and be able to find a way 
to live with not knowing why particularly your family was targeted because these addresses was targeted. There were a list of address where these people that were killed, their addresses was on that list. And there were other ad there were others that he was planning on taking out. So my heart goes out to them. I don't believe he was the only person. Maybe that's just me because I don't trust people. I just don't get it. I mean, and if you see his picture, he looks like a little kid. Like they took the 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 cleanest picture possibly and posted the fuck out of it. He looked like he was in he was 13 years old on the picture. But then you go to other pages and you see other pictures and you look at it and you could tell that he's a lot older than how he looked in that 13-year-old picture because he looked at 13 on the picture that I first saw. And then I kept strolling because I'm trying to figure out why would the Times publish this shit? Like, what the fuck? So I went to looking at others trying to figure out, like, let me see, let me see. And I'm like, why didn't they post this picture? He didn't mention anything about terrorism or hate. Why the fuck would he? And why does it matter? But I will continue to pray for these family. And I will continue to pray for me. Because I take strong offense to things like this because I have mixed families that's real close to me and it's scary because I don't want them to have to ever feel that type of hatred. And so it's just heavy. But I will keep praying for better days and I will keep praying for these families that's going through everything that they're going through. And I pray that they find peace, some type of understanding and acceptance to be able to live and, and carry on. And I pray for the little girl because to see your, your, your father like that, I know that has to be hard. So I will keep these families in my prayers. Let's all keep these families in our prayers. But I don't I don't even know what to do anymore. <laughs> like I'm just all talked out. Just like I'm all talked out about Trump. Like I have no energy. I have none. At all. I just keep praying for better days and just keep praying. Peace. All right, you guys, it's Q and A time. Yeah, I didn't sound too convincing. I didn't sound like I was fun right then, did I? I oh, know. Okay. Anyway, need a love to hate to hate here.
Thriving Thursday, Q&A time. Let's see, let's see. Okay, it's saying. I have been dating my boyfriend, this guy. He's a very nice, sweet, honest man, and we enjoy each other's company. But he's starting to talk marriage. Although I do love and care about him, I'm just really not ready or prepared for marriage right now. It's just too soon. I don't want to hurt him or lead him on, and I do one day wish to get married again, just not right now. We have only been dating for a year. I feel I need more time. I was in a bad marriage before, and I just want to take my time and be sure. What should I do? I'm starting to think I should break up with him. Help Miss Restored Black Woman. Oh, I like that. Yes, honey. That means you was in a bad marriage. You restored. Girl, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's see. Mm, don't break up with him. This is what you do. Because a good man is hard to find. Let's just be honest. You got old, dusty-ass men still trying to be young, still trying to cheat, still trying to play the field, still trying to play the game, still trying to make, like, they God's gift to women when you know they not. So when you have a good man home, I'm telling you, sweetie, pie, honey bun, all that good stuff, Miss Restored Black Woman, don't let that go. Don't. I think what it sounds like to me, you may not be ready, but I think a part of you is just worried out of fear of another failed marriage but if you are a really restored black woman then you shouldn't bring to that relationship what you went through in the last relationship and you shouldn't look at a better future with the possibility of it being a repeat for anybody to get to a better destination than where they was before, you have to think positive with everything that you're doing. Now, I'm not saying that's easy because we're human, and I'm guilty of that myself. There are times when I am encouraged, I'm motivated, I'm pumped, I'm hot, I'm ecstatic. I'm like, yes, this is going to happen. Oh, yes, baby, this is mine. Claiming in God's name, speak it out into existence, you better do that. Now, I believe in all of that. I do. But that doesn't mean that every day I'm that pumped and that energetic about it. Some some days I'm like, I don't know, that's really, you know, I don't know. But, you know, I'm going to keep praying and I'm still working at it. You know what I mean? So don't break up with him. I think you should have a conversation with him. Put everything out on the table. Explain to him how much you love him that you care about him, you want it to work, you want to be with him, and that when you get married again, you want it to be to the end. You do not want to get another divorce. Let him hear exactly how you feel. Don't try to candy coat it because you you in fear of him thinking that a part of you don't want to be with him and he's probably going to take that and run with it. No. Be open, be honest, be free with yourself. And what I mean by that is don't talk to him with the hopes of, I hope he understands what I'm saying. I hope he gets what I'm saying. No. Talk to him freely with no expectation. Don't expect for him not to understand it and don't expect for him to understand it. 
talk to him and be able to be very clear, very thorough about how you feel, what you want, what you're willing to give, what you want to give. Put it out there and just let it rest. And I guarantee you, if y'all are as good together as you think y'all are, homeboy ain't finna let you go, girl. Because if you a good woman and he's a good man and he wants a good woman, like you wants a good man, he's not gonna he's not gonna walk away. He's gonna ask you, what's your idea of time? That's what he's gonna ask you. Or he's gonna tell you, no rush, baby, I got you. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. I got you. I'm here. I love you. I want this to work. I ain't going nowhere. Now, if he ain't as good of a man as you, you know, you've been thinking he is, he probably say some shit like, um, well, I ain't going to be sitting there waiting on you to figure out what it is you want to do. And so if that's what he come with, baby, you saved yourself a bullet. You've helped yourself out to, to, yes, honey. So you should be proud that you went about it that way. So talk to him, put it all on the table. Don't expect anything. Don't expect nothing good. Don't expect nothing bad. Just be there with your freeness and just your openness and just express to him how you feel and let it be. Peace. All right, all right, all right, you guys. It is about that time for me to close down. I've had... As best a productive day as possible. My prayers goes out to the victims that is affected by the bomber suspect that blew himself up. I know it has to be a very hard, tiring time. And I, I don't think there's any words to fill that void. I just ask for you, just pray that you all can find some type of acceptance where you're able to live with the possibility of not knowing why your family was particularly targeted. Um, to this country, I just pray that people stop pretending to not see and not know what's going on. Stop turning a deaf ear to the racism and to the coldness and the cruelness of this world towards certain races. And for everyone, I pray that we not allow the negative behaviors of some to affect how we treat one another. To continue to love and to give love so that we're able to receive love. To help make this country, to help make ourselves better people. To the family that's still going through with the act of violence, with the shootings in the high schools. My prayers continues to go out to you guys. To the recent shooting, my heart hurts for you. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So I will always continue to pray for better for this country, for our children, 
for every, every individual that's walking around. I've talked about different topics that some people have found hard to accept and that have tried to take the the time to dissect it and make it about race. And I'm nowhere near racist. I don't believe in racism. I don't portray more favored one race uh, or another, but every day, all day. One thing that I'm gonna always be, and that's a black woman. And no matter how many times people try to challenge me when it comes to race, I'm black, baby. And my black is beautiful. And I can't scrub that away. And even if I could scrub it away, I won't. I wouldn't. I couldn't. Because I love the skin that I'm in. For my children, I will continue to pray that they are better each and every day. They're stronger, more self-willed, more determined, encouraged, motivated, loving, supporting, giving, humble, each and every day. And I will continue to pray that they continue to give their life to Christ and stay on the straight and narrow. And I always pray for mental and physical and spiritual stability for my children. And I always pray that they know that ever they need me just to listen, to help them understand, feel, and see that I will be there. To your different anchors out there, all my podcasters, thank you, gods, for such amazing work of art that you have brought to Anchor that I'm allowed and able to share and be a part of. You guys continue to encourage and motivate me um, to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I've been a little bit uh, combobulated with my podcast the last few days, and that's because I'm trying new things. I've also, um, with the new update, I have been changing up a little here and there. Um, As you know that I've been doing some of my podcast um, segments are longer. Some of them are like 35, 45 minutes. I've done that for a reason. And that's just to see if people are actually listening to my podcast. So people may listen for the first minute or two and may not get my point. Well, there's a reason for that. Because I want to see if people are actually listening to the podcast. At least paying attention to what I'm saying, to where they get it. Because even if I don't make my point in the beginning of the podcast, if you're paying attention to what I'm saying, you will get my point. Um... But I don't want people to feel like just because I come over to their podcast and show love and show respect that you have to come to mind and do the same thing. I respect it. I thank you. I appreciate you doing it. But you don't have to. You really don't have to. There are some people that I listen to all the time, faithfully, particularly on my way to work. 
And sometimes when I get to work, I'll play it again because my intention is to call into their podcast and, and say stuff sometimes. And sometimes I don't get the chance to do it. So then when I get to work, I get sidetracked and I still don't get a chance to do it. So I don't. But I'll clap it up and things of that nature. Um, but I, I love it. And I, I love the different things that they're bringing on their podcast. And I love hearing Ann Capone talk about his motivation and encouragement to be a great podcaster and how he's investing in himself and looking into perfecting it. I respect that. I love that. The way he talk about his flaws, um, you know, I respect that. You know, not a lot of men will own up to their shit. You know, there's a lot of women that will not own up to their shit. And if I'm going to be honest, I've been through a lot of shit. And, um, but I've always been that person that I never believe in cheating. Um, I never respect that. I think that's a cowardly act. That's just my opinion. Um, I don't believe in lying. Um, sometimes I do know that people are in situations and they can't give every details of a situation. And I understand that. But I, I just, I don't just, to me, it just defeat the purpose of all of the BS. I think that if people are honest and straight up with each other from the beginning, I think it would eliminate all the BS. Truthfully, I think that if a man tell a woman, this is what I want, this is what I'm looking for, and he's straight up and honest, and if that woman is like, okay, well, I want more than that, I don't want to just be a piece of butt, blah, 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 that would eliminate her being hurt. Or him thinking she's crazy. You know what I mean? So, I think we have to just remember to always be true and honest. At least with ourselves. You know, because if we have to, like, if we really wanted to be completely honest, a lot of the bullshit that sometimes occur in our life, we bring some of that bullshit to ourselves. You know, like if you think back on things that you went through and you'd be like, well, you know what? I did cheat. Well, you know what? I did lie. Well, you know what? You know, I did have a bad attitude. So that did rub that. You know, we played a part in some of the shit that we went through. Um, I've had a lot of things done to me. But I know that some of the things that done that was done to me, I enabled it. I allowed it. So that build that arrogance up in people to feel like I can continue to do this. So, although I blame them for even attempting to hurt me, I still blame myself because after they hurt me, I still allow them to do it again. So, when I talk about me not having time for that and, you know, I won't do this anymore, that's exactly what I mean by that. Um, because I've been through too much. But I want to thank you guys for tuning into my podcast. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Never allow someone else's thought or perception of you to dictate who and what you are of yourself. Remember to put God first. Trust God. Allow God to be God. Live, love, and laugh. Peace.